Hey guys, welcome to my solo road. I'm Sydney and this is my podcast. Um, or welcome back, I guess, if you listened to last week's episode. This week I'm coming to you from South Lake Tahoe. I just drove from Indiana all the way to Lake Tahoe. And yeah, so uh, in a completely different climate, it's a lot better here. Uh, the weather is perfect. There's tons of hiking. Um, Ella absolutely loves it. We've been spending a lot of time with Lee from the Asher house and he has nine dogs of his own. So now, and a father. So now together we have 11 dogs, which Ella absolutely loves. So yeah, anyways, I'm sitting in his closet actually right now, trying to find the most silent place possible in a house with 11 dogs. This week, I figured I would share all of my favorite stories with you from the road. So not so much like logistics or anything just yet, but I briefly mentioned last week that I hit a hotel and I got a lot of people asking about the story. So I figured this would be a good week for me to go ahead and share that amongst a few others, one of which just happened yesterday. Um, so I'm really excited to talk about that and actually tell someone that story as well because I haven't yet. Before I jump into all of that, though, I wanted to touch on a few things. First of all, oh my god, I had no idea that people were going to, like, listen to this. <laughs> I really didn't know what the response would be to my first episode of the podcast. I definitely planned on it starting really small and, like, maybe a few people would, you know, come on over and, like, want to hear the things that I had to say. But I had no idea. And the response that I got was just absolutely insane, totally unexpected. And I just want to say thank you so much to everybody for listening. Um, you really blew my mind. And yeah, it's just like a huge confidence builder to know that anybody cares about the things that you have learned and that you've experienced. And yeah, just it's really, really cool. So thank you. Thank you. I really do appreciate it. Um, second of all, I've been asked since I moved into the van if I would ever have my van dimensions for sale. So I finally took all the measurements in the van so just in case you are building a van or you're planning to build a van um, and you want to kind of model any piece of your build from mine or if you want to do something similar, uh, you can have all of the measurements and everything there, especially if it's a Ford Transit. That would be the easiest translation, I guess, because I have a Ford Transit. So, yeah. Lastly, I just wanted to say I mentioned the foster dog that Lee has right now. Her name is Lucy. We named her. And um, I know I mentioned this on Instagram before, but she is still up for adoption. So we are going to take her back to the SPCA this weekend because she has to get spayed before she can be up officially for adoption. But as soon as she's spayed this weekend, if you are in the Sacramento area, you are welcome to go to the SPCA and apply to adopt Lucy. And she's a fantastic dog. She's incredibly cute. Um, and she's just very, very sweet. So I wanted to touch on that just in case anybody might be looking for a dog or if you, you know, if you can drive to Sacramento, she will be there and she'll be ready to pick up. So with all of that out of the way, um, I am going to go make a Bloody Mary or I'm going to have Lee make one because he makes the best Bloody Marys. Um, and you should go grab a drink as well. And we will dive into the ridiculous stories that I have uh, from Life on the Road. All right. So first on the list is going to be what happened yesterday, um, just because it was 
totally unexpected and just absolutely ridiculous. So I woke up at Lee's house and like I said, he lives in South Lake Tahoe. There's a ton of bears. And so it's very common to come out in the morning. And if you have any like trash bags in your trash can out front, bears will likely have gotten into it. Um, If you're going for a long hike, you might see a couple bears or see one. There was a mother bear with three cubs that just waltzed right through his court a couple days ago. So it's very common. I usually am very responsible about locking my doors, especially if I'm sleeping in the van. But I've been running back and forth to grab things from the van to take into the house and vice versa. So I must have just left my doors unlocked. And I woke up in the morning, I walked outside, and Lee was actually picking up trash from the trash can because the bear had gotten into the trash can. And so I look at my van and I was like, why is the door open? Did you get something out? And he was like, oh my god, no, I didn't even see that. And so I see this like huge muddy paw print on the back door, like on the inside of the back door. And so I'm like looking around and there's muddy paw prints on the bed on my actual blankets. And then I walk around, the sliding door is cracked open. I open the sliding door and the drawer, so I have three kitchen drawers um, and they're all like in a line, if that makes sense. Um, But the bottom drawer was fully out, like pulled out and then like ripped to the side. So there are these slides on either side of a drawer and both sides of those slides, I'm sure there's an official name for them, but I have no idea what it is. Um, And both sides of those, everything was just totally torn up. So I definitely have to replace that drawer. Um, And it looked almost like the bear had come in through the back door, gotten up on the bed, walked across the bed, and then stepped in that drawer. So sometimes that drawer opens when I'm driving, like it kind of just swings open. And so my guess is it had swung open. I didn't close it before leaving the van. And so the drawer was probably just out. And when it stepped off the bed, it just stepped like in that drawer and shook its foot or something. <laughs> like it somehow ripped the drawer uh, totally to the side and like damaged both of the slides on either side. So uh, that was one piece. And then there was like muddy paw prints on uh, the, there's a drawer, another drawer right below my stove. If you're familiar with my van at all, you probably know what I'm talking about. If you're not, then you have no idea what I'm saying. But there's another drawer below my stove. And so it's much higher up. There was a paw print on that drawer as well. And then the stove, which is right above that, was totally shattered. And so I don't know if this bear was pissed. I don't know why it was like slamming just this piece of glass. (laughs) Like there's so many elements in the van that it could have broken. So for the stove to have just been totally shattered, I have no idea like what was happening there. And then since the sliding door was cracked open, I'm guessing after doing that and not finding any food, the bear ran out of the sliding door potentially, or maybe just left out of the back door. I have no idea, but that was very interesting. So thank God Ella and I were not in the van. Um, However, I'm very responsible when it comes to like us being in the van. Before I go to sleep every night, I make sure that my keys are right next to my head along with my cell phone and I lock the van and all of that good stuff. So it would have never happened had we been in the van, but yeah, it's just a little 
little scary, a little crazy. Um, I had no idea until now that bears can actually open doors. And I posted a story on Instagram, just like a brief little run through of the van and what happened. Um, and a lot of people were like, oh yeah, bears do that all the time. They can open doors. They can get in anywhere. And so yeah, lesson learned, <laughs> lock your doors, uh, and definitely don't keep food inside of a car if it is ever going to be unlocked or if you're in a very, uh, bear heavy area. So learned my lesson on that one. Um, I know that was a very quick story, but I'm going to move along to the next one because the next one is a little bit longer. Uh, so this happened several months ago. I'm not a hundred percent sure when it was. Um, it was a while ago, but if by chance you've been following me on Instagram, you may know I've talked a little bit about all of this and kind of what happened. I never told the full story though, because <laughs> I was really embarrassed. I, I had, I couldn't believe what I had allowed myself to do. So this is the hotel crashing story. Um, so I was passing through Fresno on my way to, I want to say it was like Yosemite. I'm pretty sure it was Yosemite. And I just needed to get like groceries, gas, do all that good stuff before getting into a national park where all of those things are much more difficult to find. So I'm going through Fresno. I'm only going to be there for one night and there's not many options in Fresno where to sleep. And so I do also get asked all the time where I actually park overnight. And you know, Walmart's Cracker Barrel's uh, Cabela's, casinos, all of those places are great options. However, I'm a huge sucker for a good hotel parking lot because there are never any like vans there. There are no RVs there. There are cameras outside. There's always like a little dog walking area if you need to use it. Um, and yeah, so I typically find like a Best Western or a Holiday Inn Express or something like that. And so I scoped out this hotel that I was going to park at and I, I prefer to come in late and leave first thing in the morning. So I, I don't just like have a van sitting in this parking lot for too long. Um, and so I was staying at a grocery store just until, you know, I got tired and I wanted to go back to the hotel. And so I, you know, I'm putting stuff together. I walk Ella for the last time. Uh, I put everything away. I'm ready to go to bed. And so I, go on over to this hotel. And I was a little tired, but I, I mean, I was fully coherent. I wasn't in any way intoxicated. I want everyone to know I am like a responsible driver. I've never been in a car accident before. Um, I wasn't just like not paying attention or anything, but so I go to park in this space at a, at a uh, hotel and it's facing, the parking space is facing a huge brick pillar and the brick pillar is like in front of the hotel itself. So the actual parking lot is in the back of the hotel. I'm trying to paint a picture here, <laughs> but I'm in the back of this hotel parking lot, uh, against a pillar. And then like the rooms that people are staying in on the first floor are right beyond this pillar. Like when I'm pulling into this parking space, I can see quite literally two people in a hotel room right in front of the van. And so in the moment I'm pulling into the parking space, everything is grand. I'm about to go to bed. And for no reason, I step on the gas instead of the brake. When I'm like ready to put it in park, I just floor the gas. And so I go flying 
into, I laugh about it now. It was not funny. Just so we're clear. I know that this is not funny. It's funny in retrospect though. So I go flying into this brick pillar and I mean, bricks are like coming down from the pillar glass. I, if you know, I have Mason jars all over my van. Like I have, there's just, I have way too much glass for anybody who lives on the road, but there's glass shattering everywhere in the back. Ella always stays up front. So I don't have to worry about her like hitting anything in the back. I just can't stand the idea of her being in the back while I'm driving. So she's in the passenger seat. And as soon as I hit the pillar, she like jumps into my lap. I'm just out of fear. And so she's in my lap. I'm like shaking And my van is just at this ridiculous angle. Like the back two tires are lifted off the ground because there was like, how do I explain this? There's a curb right in front of the pillar. So my front two tires basically went over this curb into the pillar. And in the moment, I didn't really see the pillar. All I saw were these two human beings on the other side of my, like my van, like I, my life flashed before my eyes. I would have sworn that I was about to hit these two people. Like I thought I was going into the hotel and hitting these, these poor people. And I'm sure that they were really scared. They did come out of the hotel room. I ended up talking to a lot of people at the hotel. So, uh, yeah, everything was okay there. However, um, they, I, I, you know, got out of the van. I got Ella. I made sure she was okay. And then I had to call the police. So I called the police. They do like a sobriety test. There's like three cop cars that showed up, which is intimidating in of itself. I'm terrified of authority. And so for three cop cars and like all these cops to be questioning me, um, it was just very scary. However, everybody was super nice and very understanding. They, you know, everyone said that when they got the call, that they thought I was going to be like a crazy drug addict running wild. And I ended up being like a young woman with a dog. (laughs) And like, that was kind of the reality of it. Of course, the hotel manager, uh, she had to come from home because this was late. It was like 10.30 p.m. So the hotel manager had to come and she was like, so why were you here? What were you, are you staying at the hotel? And (laughs) I was like, um, no. (laughs) I, uh, I was just going to park in your parking lot. So I'm very sorry about that because I also, while stealing a parking space, hit your hotel. Um, my apologies, my sincerest (laughs) apologies. Um, I'm absolutely nothing but a nuisance. And so she was very understanding though. Like I said, she was super nice. She actually offered me a hotel room at a discounted price and with Ella. And they didn't, at this particular hotel, they didn't allow dogs. And so she was like beyond polite. And she just, she was so understanding. And she was like, I'm just so happy that you're okay. And that you're not like a crazy person just crashing into the hotel and then running wild and stuff. And so it actually went very well in terms of that night. It took a couple hours. I asked the police officers, I, (laughs) I thought I was going to jail. I definitely thought crashing into an establishment was a crime. I was shocked when I I asked the police officers, you know, if anything like this, you know, it's not ever going to happen again. But like, if something happened <laughs> like this, do you call the police? Like, is that you have to call the police? And the officer was like, absolutely not. You just need to contact your insurance. You need to contact the hotel and make sure that you, uh, 
give each other your insurances or whatever. Um, but you didn't actually break any laws. So you don't have to call the police, which I later found out your insurance once the police report anyway. So you do, but, um, I couldn't believe I didn't break a law. How do you, I mean, I don't know if I'm conveying this story right, but I crashed into a hotel. It was so loud that I would say at least 15 to 20 hotel guests came out on the balconies and are like watching me stumble out of my van because I'm just shaken and terrified. As the employees come outside, police officers are coming out and I'm just like standing in the midst of chaos when I had planned on pulling into a parking space and going to bed. Like, this is what my night ended up being. And so, uh, yeah, I guess that was a lesson learned in how quickly your plans can change. And so, instead of ever making it to Yosemite, I actually just sat in Fresno for a month while my van was getting worked on at the worst body shop I could have ever possibly gone to. Um, the hotel was fantastic. The police were incredibly kind, but this body shop was hands down the worst, uh, the worst place I could have possibly ever taken something that I like cherish. I mean, my van is my house, my, it's everything. But all in all, Ella's fine. I'm fine. And the van is, uh, it was back in perfect condition until it got attacked by a bear. So it was all good. Um, yeah, it definitely taught me a lot in patience as well because I just sat in a hotel for, like I said, for almost a month um, waiting on this body shop. And also, quick shout out to American Family Insurance. If you are considering van life or if you are already doing it and you're unhappy with your insurance, couldn't recommend anything higher than I recommend American Family. Uh, they took care of absolutely everything, including my accommodations while waiting on the van to get fixed. It was totally insane. I had no idea that they were going to do all of that, but it was awesome. So anyways, that's that story. I crashed into a hotel. Um, if you want to see pictures or videos of that experience. Um, I did take several while my van was still inside of this brick pillar and while the tow truck, the second tow truck actually, because the first one wasn't big enough, uh, pulled my van like out from over this curb and out of the pillar. So I will post that on, on Instagram, uh, specifically on my solo roads Instagram. So I'm going to have one that's dedicated just to this podcast. So you can go there if you would like to see some entertaining images and videos of this wonderful experience that I had. And now before telling you, uh, my third and final story, I'm going to take a large drink of this Bloody Mary because I have been talking for so long. It feels okay. Okay, so there is a chance that you know some of this story, um, but I do think it's a little bit different, like hearing somebody's voice share a story versus reading a blog post, because that is where this story already lives um, on my website. So this is all about Ella's first surgery. I still have people um, who like come across my profile or come across something uh, and they wonder what happened and kind of why that was such a big ordeal. So I really want to kind of give my personal take a little bit more so than just having written the story in a few paragraphs on my blog. So 
This was roughly October, November. I attended a Women on the Road event, which I also highly recommend. Laura, who runs Women on the Road, is incredible. And this was one of the best experiences of my entire life, this Women on the Road event. Um, So I do recommend attending that if it's possible. But while I was there, I made several different friends, and one of whom lived a couple hours away or somewhere in California. I can't for the life of me remember where she lived now, but she asked me if I could come and visit her and her family and just kind of have fun. She was just starting her van build, and I had been on the road for like a month or two, and I hadn't met many other solo women, so I was really excited to kind of get to uh, get to know somebody who was going to be doing the exact same thing. So... I went with her back to her hometown in California, and when we got to her house, Ella started getting really sick. So she start every time I would feed her, she would immediately throw it back up, and I mean like all of it. And so you know, for one day, it's not a huge concern. I gave her like the typical chicken broth and rice and you know that kind of stuff, and uh, nothing seemed to work. So I think it was the morning of day three where I was fully panicked and this friend had two dogs herself. And so she was kind of keeping me cool and she was like, Sydney, it's going to be fine. Dogs just get sick. And Ella at the time was four or five months old. And so I was just very protective. I was really scared for her all the time. She was my first dog. She was the first like living thing that I was solely responsible for. And so I just felt this huge sense of like she needs to be in perfect health at all times. And so I was really, really scared, but she was assuring me, my parents were assuring me it will be totally fine. She's a dog, like this happens. And so the morning of day three, I, you know, told my friend, we have to go to a vet. Do you have a vet around here that I can take her to? She recommended a place. And so I made an appointment and we showed up and the vet immediately had uh, touched a part of her stomach that I didn't know I was supposed to feel. And she like pressed on this one specific point and Ella yelped and ran across the, the little vet room that we were in. And I immediately start bawling because it is just like a stomach drop feeling of knowing something is very wrong. And so the vet was like, something is really sensitive in her stomach. We definitely need to do x-rays of that area. So we got the x-rays back and she was like, yeah, there's something is twisted. It might be something lodged, but it almost looks like the intestines could be twisted. Um, she thought it was something where the intestines telescope, I can't remember what the name of it was. Um, and so she, she recommended doing ultrasounds after this because they would tell you even more. And so we got ultrasounds done the same day. Those wouldn't come back until the next day. So I spent, you know, that night just holding Ella and hoping that everything was going to be fine. Then we got the ultrasounds back the following day and the vet called and was like, you need to come back in. Something is really wrong. This is not what I initially thought. And she will most likely need surgery. So I bring Ella in. I, cannot tell you. I have never cried harder in my life, and this story is not about me at all, but it was so difficult watching this. You know, I've loved people before. Obviously, I have a wonderful family, but I mean, this responsibility, this like maternal feeling I have for Ella, I was like distraught. I just felt like I had done something so wrong, and it was awful. It was absolutely awful. And I could tell, you know, Ella was not being playful. She was super lethargic. She just wasn't herself at all. And it was 
it was just miserable to watch. And I can't imagine how miserable it was to feel the way that she did. And so anyways, long story short, she, um, long story long, but she ended up, uh, having surgery. The vet told me she needs to have emergency, um, exploratory surgery. And I will call you after three or four hours. That's the longest it should be. And I will let you know what we do. And so I signed all these papers. The vet felt awful because it was going to be, I think it was nearly $5,000, which is obviously a ton of money. Um, but at the time, I've, like I'm sitting in this vet's office and I was like, give her anything, like do anything. I don't care. I will sell the van. I will sell everything. Like I will do whatever. I don't care. Please fix my dog. Um, and so she goes in for surgery. I go home to my friend's house and she's trying to keep me calm. And I'm like, I don't know. Something just doesn't feel right. Like on top of the fact that obviously it's not right. Like something is so, it's just wrong. And uh, that was also the first even five minutes I'd taken without Ella since the moment I'd gotten her. I'd never even been away from her. And so four hours pass. I didn't hear back from the vet and five hours pass. I hadn't heard from the vet. So I call and they're like, yeah, she's still in surgery. She will call as soon as she's done. We promise. Just be patient. So at six hours, expecting it had to have been four, at six hours, I get a phone call and the vet is physically out of breath. And I'm to some people, the story might sound totally dramatic, but to any dog parents or even probably parents' parents, you definitely know what it feels like. Like there's really no bigger panic or fear than like the small child that you have being in pain or anything happening. So it really was just an absolute nightmare. And um, so she called and she said the intestines, it looked like something she had swallowed, like a bone or anything, um, had perforated her intestines as it went through, but she passed it. And so as it perforated her intestines, those perforations healed two other organs. So her intestines had healed to her bladder and her large intestines had healed to her small intestines. And it was just kind of a jumbled mess. So the vet had to go in and clip every single place where things had healed together and then remove a large portion of her actual intestines. Um, nothing that's going to cause long-term issues, but just kind of in the meantime, it was just a lot of work that had been done inside. Um, so they wanted to keep her overnight and I would be able to take her home the following day. So I woke up the next day. I checked in with the vet. She said to come by that evening so that they could monitor her all day, make sure she was okay. When I went to pick her up, I found out that the vet had had to like go to her office after the surgery and sit down because she was like sweating and she was so uh, physically just exhausted from the surgery. And she had called that morning, the morning after her surgery to make sure that Ella was still alive. Thankfully, nobody told me that because I would have been an absolute disaster. Um, but I didn't know how severe it was until they told me that like the vet herself called first thing in the morning to make sure Ella was even still alive like that. That's very heavy as a mother. Um, but she was, she was okay. And I got to take her home that evening. So I get to my friend's house and I politely told my friend, like, I appreciate you and everything that you're doing, but I really just want to sit in this guest bedroom with my dog and like 
I don't know, just cuddle her and love her for a little while silently. Um, and I will check back in with you guys in a little bit. So I'm laying in my room and I know it seems like the story's done, <laughs> but we're close, I promise. So we're sitting in the guest bedroom. I'm like petting Ella. I'm just loving on her. She's just like super tired. Obviously, she's still on some medications. And my friend comes in the room and she was like, hey, I know you have a lot going on, but these this California wildfires are like breaking out everywhere and we have to evacuate. We're all getting notifications that we have to evacuate the house and we need to find somewhere else that we can go. And so I'm being from Indiana. I was like, what is happening? Like, what do we have to leave? And she was like, no, we really need to go. And so I had no idea what to do. I was kind of just following her lead. They had a, like a guest house or a, a second house. I don't know, uh, somewhere else in California. It was only about 45 minutes away. So she was like, we just need to pack up everything and go there. But the fires were supposed to come like right in her neighborhood. And so she she and her family wanted to kind of pack up their really important belongings, um, understandably, before leaving. And so I'm helping them, you know, pack up different things. And without going into too much detail, because it's really personal to her family, one of her family members was unable to walk and go about, uh, you know, getting out of the wildfires and like actually getting to the car. And so we had to figure out a way to get him into his wheelchair and then from the wheelchair into the car and all of that, which they hadn't needed to do for a while. And so it was just kind of a few hours worth of a process in trying to figure everything out. And by the time we left and I'm like holding my dog who is just walking out of this house um, and not knowing what to expect because we'd been inside and there is literally smoke filling everywhere. You can see the fires right behind her house. The backyard that touches her house was on fire. And so we are running to the cars. I'm like running to my van, holding Ella. I'm, we all had to like cover our faces with our shirts. It was the most dramatic night of my entire life. And as we're pulling out of the neighborhood, easily 10 fire trucks are turning into her neighborhood. And I called her and I was like, what is happening? And she explained to me that the fire trucks barricade certain homes and just so to try and stop the wildfires from getting into those, getting those homes. And so it was absolutely wild. It was totally insane. We ended up making it to this other house of her family's we were safe. We were okay. Uh, we later found out it was like the largest California wildfire in history. So that is crazy to have been a part of, kind of. Um, you know, there are a lot of people who lost their homes. So I know how fortunate my friend was and her family to still have their home. And especially me, who was just kind of able to get in my van and leave. Um, I know Paradise, California, like they kind of, they lost everything. And so definitely want to acknowledge the fact that it could have been so much worse. And we were on the, you know, grand scheme of things, really lucky, which I guess is a theme in today's podcast because all stories that I've told could have gone so much worse. And I am incredibly thankful that they did not. Um, I don't, you know, as someone with anxiety, I don't know how much more I could have handled in any of those circumstances. So, 
I'm going to wrap things up a little bit here. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. I don't know. Me sitting in a closet for 35 minutes talking into a microphone, it really doesn't feel super interesting. (laughs) But to anyone out there who finds it interesting, God bless you. Thank you so much. Um, I, I know I say that way too much, and I know everybody always says that, but it really means so much to me that you would take the time to come here and to listen to me talk. Um, I just love that and it really does mean the world to me. Anyways, um, the moral of all of these stories and the biggest lesson I have learned from the road is that you will always be fine. And as long as you keep that in mind, um, you will stay so much more sane during the hardest times that you experience, whether you live on the road or you don't. Um, I have to tell myself during all of these things that I will be fine. Ella will be fine. If we are both alive, we are both living and breathing, then we will get through whatever we are going through. And I guess that's kind of the takeaway that I hope you get from today's episode. Um, No matter what you're going through, you always have something to be grateful for. And I know that sounds cliche, but you really do. And I promise you will survive anything that you could possibly be going through. There is another side. Um, Just view it as a challenge and figure out how to safely and intelligently um, just get through it. And it's not always easy, but you can do it. And uh, yeah, all of these were prime examples of that. None of them were fun times, but we did it. And now I'm a better person for it. And I know a lot more about living on the road, you know, because of these things. So thanks again for listening. Next week will be all about having a dog in the van and just all of the logistics behind that, like what I do when it's hot outside and how I kind of take care of that whole situation when I have to go inside somewhere and it's really hot or it's really cold, getting into national parks and how much she has impacted my life and just this trip in general. I will also have Lee who travels with all nine of his dogs. I will have him on here as well to explain the differences between one dog and nine and an RV and a van and all that good stuff. So anyways, stay tuned. I'm really excited about this podcast now that I know people are listening to it. Thank you. Thank you. And I will see you next week. Goodbye, everybody. Bye.